<laughs> All right, cool. What's um, up, everyone? It's the Art Pros. It's the smoothest, surliest, burliest, roughest, roughhousers in the Baltimore State area. It's the coolest podcast on art that you know of, providing an accessible conversation for art, for non-artists. It's the Art Pros. That's www.artprospodcast.com. That's <laughs> at paid.artists at Instagram. That's www.patreon.com slash artprospodcast. What else do you need to know? What else do they need to know? Well, you know, we always like to um, get outside of the box with our topics. I think that this week we have a very uh, good topic for everybody. I think it's an exciting topic. It's the best topic. What do you think, Gage? Yeah, we got a pretty sick topic. Speaking of sick, turns out that Art Basil can't hang. All right. Art Basil has. Oh, man. They they shut it down. They shut it down shut in it Hong down Kong. In Hong Kong. There's going to be no Art Basil in Hong Kong this year because of the coronavirus. What's Damn. one measly little virus? Um, I mean, you know, it's only about eh, a couple hundred people dead by now. Yeah. That's not a good thing, but shit. Nah, man. See, I feel, I feel very, very strongly for, for all the wealthy people that won't have another, you know, work-related excuse, <laughs> quote-unquote, to go on vacation in Hong Kong this year. I just I'm devastated for all the all the blue chip galleries that won't get to put up their exorbitantly priced artworks and really just make a killing at Art Basel. I hope they all got refunds. I hope that those vendors got refunds cuz everyone knows that Hong Kong needs that money. That's a very poor city. Have you ever seen Hong Kong? It looks absolutely it's going to be devastated by this loss of tourism. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, you know, how um, they're trying to avoid making a killing, but they're also trying to avoid killing. <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck them. <laughs> That's like really messed up that they think it's okay to do that. Um, I mean, whatevs. Whatevs. Yeah, man. So it's great to be back. Last week we had a wonderful episode, I think. It, we were both on muscle relaxers. <laughs> <laughs> Both, Apparently, yeah, hella relaxed with the art pros, and today I'm a little on edge. Renz, are you on edge? Yeah, we got a crazy topic today. I don't know how topic. I feel about it. We're gonna talk about something, a little something called the art of cannibals. Just kidding. We got a special, a special artist we'd like to cover today. But first, I want to lead us in with this little news story I found during, uh, during our 15 minutes of research, and it's about. A performance artist, a Latvian performance artist named Arthur Brzezinch. And in 2018, he put up a live stream, you know, as really cool uh, neo-contemporary performance artists tend to do. A live stream called Eschatology. It was performed by Olga Kulikov, Yanis Miejus, Sunra Nettle, and the collective pain protest. And what the performance was, was 
one person in a hazmat suit and a surgical mask using a scalpel to cut off little bits of the back of the assistants, literally little bits off the back of the assistants, and then frying them and then feeding it back to the assistants. Oh my god. Yeah, this is live streamed. And, um, where? I'm not sure where, where the gallery was, but it was on the internet, so it'll live forever. Holy cow. Yeah, and the artist, Arthur Berzinch, you know, he got a lot of backlash for that. But his response was something that I think, you know, today's subject would really, really, it would really resonate with him. And the response was that art cannot always be beautiful and comfortable. This performance has a clear metaphor, even too clear, for conceptual art. If you choose to comprehend it, that is up to you. Deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely not a total douchebag <laughs> at all. Listen, it's like about consumerism, Whoa. like how we're just constantly, you know, being fed ourselves by some guy in a hat. Like, you know, you have that guy in a hazmat suit that cuts off parts of the back of your skin and then fries and feeds it to you. Like, it's like... It's a really clear metaphor for that exact thing that happens to everybody. Um, nah, yeah, he, he said it's about how consumerist society is causing us to self-cannibalize, which I don't even disagree with, but, you know, like, a little too on the nose there, bud. Um, so I just thought I'd lead in with that. I did not run that past Renz. I just found it while we were doing <laughs> our an, research. This is an all-natural reaction, right? Yeah. Like, first of all, how did he get the funding to do that project? Who would fund that project? He must have funded it personally. Um, because <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out the connection between the consumerism thing because he's freaking, you know, making a name for himself in the public sphere with his art. And he's probably going to collect some checks from it, whether we like it or not. Someone's going to be like, oh, man, this is a maverick. This guy thinks so outside of the box. He's oh, yeah, he's like the quantum uh, mode of thinking. He's like the Tom Cruise of the art world right now. Yeah. yeah. So. Total maverick. <laughs> I just have a feeling there's something funny with that. I mean, it, it's still completely cuckoo. That's a completely cuckoo idea to. And on the assistance parts, hold on a second. Uh, like, how much did you pay the assistance? Is this out of pocket? Oh, they're what unpaid was, interns. Was this. <laughs> <laughs> wow at least i mean so at least they got to eat right do they keep the same amount of net calories though like how many <laughs> calories is their back contain are they getting fatter from eating themselves or are they getting th thinner <laughs> well well scientifically I'm, I'm gonna put on my my surgical oh, mask God. and my hazmat suit scientifically some of that calorie energy is going to be lost in the frying in the form of heat damn dude yeah so oh they did they did cook it yeah um it's really unfortunate because it's probably the only meal that those unpaid interns could afford to have i mean you know what'll make that thing completely come full circle is if he took a shit in maurizio catalan's golden toilet afterwards oh and then they or the, the assistant yeah yeah and then they ate that yeah it would it could almost come full circle they'd have to eat the banana get the skin cut off their back take a shit in the golden toilet and then fry that and eat it yeah on the golden toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty dark. Um, so I just thought we'd hit it with something a little lighthearted. Renz is going to lead us into... <laughs> Renz is going to lead us into... It's awesome. Uh, 
one of my one of the most notorious probably one of the world's most famous artists um a pop culture phenomena a a real you know you're talking about how this guy arthur kersinch or whatever was a maverick but this was a real maverick this was an artist among plebeians and so little guy goes by the name of Ed Gein. Ed, the freaking what's his name again? Plainfield Killer. Buffalo Bill in the movie depicted in the movie Hannibal. This man, whatever he was, this freak was born in La Crosse City, Wisconsin, 1906. Oh, it's always the Hoosiers. Mr. Gein. Wait, I'm giving Gein too much credit. This scumbag Gein messed around and killed a couple people. Dug up a bunch of people from their graves. Isn't that disgusting? Yeah, yeah, that's disgusting. Well, I'm not done yet. Get your puke bucket, because you're going to get ready to spew after you hear what he did. He actually skinned people like an animal. Well, they he did it like an animal to normally what we would do to animals are you getting sick yet wait a minute i'm not done there's more (laughs) fuck he made fucking furniture out of people's skin their faces it's gross it's totally disgusting and i looked at every single piece (laughs) fuck do you have any um first reaction what did you think when you first saw the work Okay, to be honest, when I looked at it, it had a weird, no disrespect to the bodies and corpses he decided to get economical with, but it looked fake. It looked like a movie set item, what people think it would look like, but it actually looks a lot freaking crazier. And the craftsmanship, it's even more disgusting because he did a good job. (laughs) Okay, this is a serious topic, but... um... We're gonna take a. We're gonna be really irrever- uh, irreverent about it. So if you're the type of person who's gonna get offended by it, uh, tough titties. And that's something that that is one of Ed Gein's favorite material uses is the tough titties. So Ed Gein, <laughs> right he, out he of really, the cannon. It's it's really tough because like I don't know. He he really is a really uh, he's a fantastically talented craftsman. Like, he very much understood this material, and it's really dark. I mean, if you look at this lampshade, if you look at the way he upholstered furniture, and I'm not talking, like, taking the cushion off a chair and then sewing, like, feet and hands and and stomach skin together to, like, cover this cushion. He was upholstering, like, full, like, ottomans and, uh, like, a lazy boy, you know, in human leather. And it's not just... It's it's not just upholstered like haphazardly like you know he really got the form fitting properly like better than I've seen you know fashion students do, uh, and it it really is a testament to his um to his level of craft. Now something I found myself asking myself, you know, a lot of navel gazing done here, is was he a craftsman or an artist? Because he was using a not only like a rare material but one that is unethical and a little edgy 
which you know those of you who are who are mm -hmm. real real interns real real art students of the arts you may be familiar with a, a piece of work called piss christ where a man took urine put it in a jar and then put a crucifix in it and like kind of the power came from that from the symbolism of the work and you know it was a little edgy which is why people liked it and i would say that ed gein's work uh to put it mildly had way more edge than that but it was really standard like upholstering you know he's got lampshades here he's got uh chairs he's got curtains that he made you know so it's hard to know whether he was an artist or a craftsman i think he was um i think he was out of his mind because all right let me wrap my mind around this this absurd absurd man woman thing crazy person whoa whoa i whoa. don't know what he is he's a sicko we're talking about we're talking about Ed Gein's relationship with his materials, right? In the argument that he's an artist, his material choice is controversial. Human skin is kind of taboo. A little bit. I don't know how many books it's written in, but I'm sure there's one that says you can't do that. He got in trouble for it. Yeah, I mean, there is this thing that we, we use in the professional art world, Renz. It's called ethical sourcing. Mm -hmm. right so like the diamonds that are in your wedding rings you know they a lot of them are blood diamonds and uh, this is just blood skin so all right there's two murders um that he was guilty of bernice warden and maria hogan unfortunately he might have made stuff out of their bodies likely he did i think he did he also dug up many course corpses from graves and made stuff out of those corpses. So the argument about ethical sourcing, yeah, it's unethical, unethical, but doesn't cancel out because it's like recycling kind of. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, one of these things has a greater mess than the other ethically, I think. So, well, like, you know, just when it comes to ethics, I don't really like to uh, to weigh one thing against the other. I'm really like, like if it's bad, it's bad. Just like how um, how you know, any form of of prejudice is equally bad with any other form of prejudice. I also think any form of unethical sourcing is equally bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, right. some guy who who crosses the street when he sees you know like a group of, of white guys walking towards him is just as bad as someone who calls a bunch of white guys crackers and hits them. Well, you know, maybe this is a good... I, I think we're at a... We're, we're agreeing to disagree here. It's just... It's totally fine. I think the fact that he's a horrible person trumps our whole argument in the first place. But let's go on. This guy... Thing... Beast, monster, boogeyman, and boogie thing. Um, well, do we know more? His father was a tanner. He apparently tanned some of the skins he decided to use for his crafts, his art, his sick vision. 
Why did he make furniture out of people? Do we know that? No, we don't. I don't personally. Um, so I, I would like to say that, uh, he definitely stayed busy. So that saying that idle hands are the devil's plaything is total bullshit. Because he definitely didn't have idle hands. I mean, he's got a bigger portfolio than, like, people I know who, you know, really call themselves an artist. And, and I'm assuming I'm assuming that he didn't even consider himself an artist at the time, so... Is this, like, too much to be called a visionary? Is this beyond becoming a visionary? Well, I definitely think that he makes what I would call outsider art. So, uh, you know, it's... Outsider art is typically the type of work that's done by someone who almost feels a compulsory need to do it. Uh, like someone who paints in their in their house incessantly with no intention of showing it to anyone. Or someone who, like, you know, uses shells to, to create sidewalks because they just feel the need to compulsor- compulsorily do it. Um, I would say he's definitely an outsider artist, a visionary, uh, that's up to debate. That's something that I would probably have to look inward to think about, but Depends I'm certainly... you're asking, right? Yeah. You're asking a, another sicko, then they might say yes. Yes. I think he was a visionary. <laughs> I think that... sicko. Um, I just go sicko mode, bro. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing way too much. This is a serious topic. This is this is a very serious Damn topic. It. Do you, do you ever feel that you've become like desensitized? Yes. Because of art. Mm. I blame it on the art. I think the reason why I can look at this shit is because I've seen so many horror films and like. It just it almost looks fake. It's disgusting. It's I can't believe how it like. I mean, I I imagine it look it would look like rotten and gross, but it, here it is. It looks like literally something someone would imagine and make for a movie set. Well, have you ever seen um like the hills have eyes like Leatherface? I have not. He literally, I mean, it's it almost looks like it's from those sets. Ew. Um, yeah, it's it's really dark. Oh and, like, God, the Gage whole... has it pulled up right now. I I'm just like, uh, uh, uh. I had it pulled up for reasons other than the podcast. No. <laughs> so, in in the repertoire of things that were found in his house, included eight chairs upholstered with skin, seven pieces of bowl and ashtrays made out of skulls, bone used to form forks and spoons, several masks from the faces that were pretty much just... Uh, cut off and then tanned that supposedly Ed Gein would wear a corset that he had made a waist basket made of human skin leggings made from real women's legs Ugh. something that I've deemed the breast vest so it's a vest that had breasts on it and a skin apron with pair with a pair of ears for pockets. And and these things are just it's not like he found one nice large piece of human leather and then formed these things. He would take small chunks from multiple different bodies and kind of patchwork it together. Um, sort of like a quilt. Oh man. And it was oh, it was man. sewn with a really thick gauge. Uh, sewing thread. I- I'm assuming like some sort of surgical thread. Maybe hair. 
Yeah, they're, yeah, maybe here. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Oh man, but it's it's really clear from his work that he had a particular um, a particular aesthetic. I would say, looking at his portfolio, that he could probably um, he could probably get into any art school. So if you're if you're a high school student, you should take a second and look at Ed Gein's. Uh, body of work to know what a cohesive body of work looks like i mean it's a uniform set of of concepts and material practice uh with a consistent theme of disgusting disembodiment a complete and utter lack of respect for the dead and furniture you know and it, it it is important to note that he did technically, he was technically a found object artist. So, as in, he found these bodies in a graveyard and made art with them. Does that make him a visionary, Renz? I don't know. Like, I, on the real though, if we were sitting here with Ed or, you know, between a glass, very thick <laughs> wall of glass. And we asked, Ed, do you think you were an artist? Did you make these works because you were inspired by something that you thought would be um, beautiful or something? Is art supposed to be beautiful? Not really. Thought-provoking? Probably not. Why was he making stuff out of skins? I've watched a lot of Mindhunter on Netflix. I've listened to hundreds of true crime podcasts. And listen... From my extensive knowledge, there's a there's a pretty good amount of serial killers who have made art, but not every serial killer is an artist. So, and not every serial killer artist makes art with body parts. And also, not every artist is a serial killer. I'd like to be abundantly clear about that. <laughs> so, I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. There's a lot of cuckoo bananas people out there that made art. I mean, look, I think if we lived in a society without ethics, Ed Gein's uh, quilted bodyworks, his upholstered furniture, his lampshade, his, his disgusting, uh, which is a subjective term, his disgusting use of the body would be considered works of art. Um. I personally wouldn't have them in my home. I don't know how well they would sell. I'm sure that they would sell great in, in our society, which has ethics because there are people who purposefully like to be edgy and own things by serial killers because they're fascinated by the idea of someone who brings death for no reason. Uh, but I definitely think that, that there is a sense of artistic merit with his work, despite it's uh, disgusting. I mean, it's disgusting execution. Bro. Bro, there's not any amount of Febreze wall plugins with holy water in the plug-in juice that you could give me to put any of that shit in my house. That thing is demonic. <laughs> All of those things are demonic. There isn't uh, any kind of holy blessed salt line that you could put in my home for me to even get it 10 yards within my home's door. Okay, no. I, I got mm -mm. you. So here, here's what we do. It's evil. We plant an entire field of sage 
and we wait for it to grow to maturity and then we set the whole field of sage ablaze to clear mm -hmm. out any bad vibes and for the you know the wonderful smell of sage would you then have it in your home no i would i would backhand it into the flame of sage i would backhand it straight in well it, it really it probably didn't smell that bad because he was a he was a tanner i mean people have something like if you were to ask pita having a cowhide rug or like a a leather couch is is the same thing and would it would probably smell similarly yes it would probably smell like the abercrombie store wouldn't it gage you know i do hate abercrombie <laughs> i don't give a shit what it smells like it could smell like hot top ramen noodles for all i care which is one of my favorite things i still wouldn't get seduced by putting a composite human skin rug, possibly threaded with actual human hair in my home. Look at that. Look at that disgusting. There, There's like a creepy, someone's face is on the lampshade. It's just gross. It looks You're like something me. from M, uh, uh, e Geiger, that artist. What's that artist's name? Dude, you're telling me that you go with your girl to, uh, to Ikea. And you guys are walking through and she sees this beautiful Ed Gein lampshade. You know, it's got, it's got the perfect... Um, face and and ear placement on it you know there's no eyes you're telling me that if she said Renz can we please can we please buy this you would you would say no tell me you wouldn't buy that for the love of your life no well that's where you and I differ well how am I supposed to know whether or not she's just not possessed by the evil spirit within the lamp <sighs> that's true there are a lot there are a lot more faces on here than than uh wow he had a lot of material see that's, okay that's no. what are some things we could learn from Ed Gein as artists I learned that it's possible to think a little too much outside of the box oh yeah it's just you think you this is be careful I you don't think about doing this stuff all the time Nah, not really. Not a lot, no. Seven billion people on the planet. I mean, the most... I'm always thinking, like, oh, canvas is so expensive. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time to make. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. Yeah, but, Gage, you gotta have the, en enough time, enough experience to finesse not getting caught for that for long enough for you to make something. It's a lot of time invested, too. You probably only end up spending 10% of that making art. Damn. So Ed Gein really spent a lot of time trying not to get caught then, huh? I don't know. I don't think he really I don't think he really thought it out that much. I mean, he probably knew to like be secretive about it. Very slick. Yeah, I think he was a little slick with it. Dude, it'd be really fucked up if one of us ended up being a serial killer. Oh my god. This would we would be on like one of those true crime podcasts where they'd be talking about this episode and then we'd get all the clout we need. Oh man, don't seduce me with that. I'll, I mean, I'm trying not to. That's really, uh, I don't know. I mean, dude, look I'm at this nipple smart. belt. Look at this nipple belt. It's made out of only nipples. That's fucking hard. I think I could get away with doing shit like that. Some crazy nuts. Some crazy off the wall shit. Some shit never, no one's ever seen before. <laughs> Something unique. Well, you can't do this because, man. I mean, Ed Gein really cap like. Oh no! This man. aesthetic just, is like undoable now. That's just, I mean, that's he, just too much. That's he, too much for me. I'm just saying, like, like 
to the farthest extent that you could execute this style, he executed it. Like this is no this is no sophomoric attempt at making human leather. Like he probably could have made it so that all the leather was even, but he found a way to tan faces. Hmm. It's pretty fucking impressive, man. Well, all right. So according to our research, one of the one of uh, Gein's Gein's goals, his end game, I hope, was to be able to make a whole separate suit out of human skin. Maybe these furniture pieces were just practice for him to make his ultimate project, which is a skin that reminded him of his mother. He wanted to literally, and I quote, crawl into her skin. Turn the lights on. That is some scary shit. You got your lights off, pull over, turn the lights on. Check behind your check behind you. Make sure no one's behind you in your in your back seat. Maybe they're hiding in your trunk. Maybe there's an apparition in there. It's just this is creepy. It's a creepy situation. Something's going on in that mind of his. But he did make a lot of furniture. That does take a lot of skill. And we're the Art Pros Podcast. We're pretty much forced to apply our professional knowledge to art making. Are you familiar with... uh... Hmm? Valerie Solanus. No. Who's that? She is most famous for having shot or attempted to shoot and kill Andy Warhol. Um, but she wrote a manifesto called the Scum Manifesto, which was a scum standing for the Society of Cutting Up Men. And she postulates in the Scum Manifesto that all men seek, all heterosexual men seek to have sex with women because they want to return to their mother's womb where they were the safest in their life and because they feel not whole without being there. Okay. Do you agree with that, Renz? Is that what you're saying here? Are you saying that that that's what that that's what drove Ed Gein to act this way? Is he the is he the ultimate example of toxic masculinity? Um you bring up some great points here. That might be the worst you can get if that is actually his position. And now there's not a lot we can do with our 15 minutes of current research to prove that he was in fact an extreme heterosexual with murderous intent and creative endeavors. So you're saying that if you were to take this out of context, someone might think that the art prose says that Ed Gein is an example of the most toxic masculinity. Well, I think my next statement might lighten up the mood a little bit. Consider this. What if Gein, Ed, really like his whole life, his dream, Ed's dream, was to become an artist, but he was unfortunately cursed with a mind of a killer. Bom, bom, bom. Like Hitler? Bro, that's a little bit different. Well, Hitler wanted to be an artist, and then his second, his uh, his backup plan was to do that whole Holocaust thing. Damn. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like Gein took the opposite approach. Yeah. Well, Gein was really insular. wasn't He wasn't too good at talking to people. 
and he right, sought right. out um, his victim. The victims he sought out reminded him of his mother. They were strong like his mother. Damn. And, and he always felt weak. Well, according to the uh, the podcast I listened to on Ed Gein to study for this, he may have killed his own brother too. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, I saw that on the. Uh, That's really sad. The internet. So let me ask you this: Ed Gein was in his home. He would make masks of women. He would make leggings out of women. He would make a breast vest, and he would dress up in all these accoutrements and pretend to be a woman. Is he a better performance artist than Shia LaBeouf? I mean, what did Shia do? Yell, he will not divide us, he will not divide us, he will not divide us. Ed Gein was out here going full transformative. Ed Gein is whatever the opposite of a furry is. Mm. I mean, I really feel like I'm in between a rock and a hard place here. I mean, Ed Gein was an animal who wanted to put on human skin. And I'm an animal talking about him. Oh yeah, do you do you feel do you feel sick to your I'm stomach? I'm taking advantage of this man's murders. Well, you're taking advantage of the victims, and even worse, the victims. Yeah. Oh man. But uh, was Ed Gein a capable craftsman, or was he an artist? I don't know. I think. I think I gotta control alt delete my emotions right now so I can get back to talking about really important topics. Did like you... what drives did art drive this killer to go over the edge? Did he do that because he wanted to be unique? Was this his sick idea of being quote unquote out there and new, unique, bold? I said unique twice. Well, so there's this thing, right? That artists, I always assumed that artists who were the most authentic to themselves with a dash of craft made the best art, which is why I like visionary art. Um, but then seeing Ed Gein's work, which is really, you know, high level craft. And you got, I mean, I'm going to have to guess that he's being pretty honest to himself and about himself being pretty authentic is he a good artist is he a bad artist i mean i don't know it's really tough to say I i'm really trying to uh i learned how to become objective in art school so if you're listening to this thinking these guys are fucking sick for talking about this so level-headedly just blame art institutions like i do yeah, Gage and I can literally stand next to some sensational artwork and critique it as objectively as possible. And without feel being absolutely nothing. Nope. Without being impressed, without saying, I like that. It's really important. For those of you interns who are wondering, how do I become a good critiquer? You need to remember that... Despite the fact that people have feelings and emotions when they look at art, and that's the point, you need to take those things out. You need to be like the Terminator from the Terminator and feel nothing. You know what they say, bruh. Real recognize real. That's what they say. Do you think that the robots are going are gonna to come for us because 
we do sick shit like this. Not only not only the Ed Gein uh, artwork and Ed Gein's horrific crimes, um, which, you know, if you want to weigh, this is an aside, if you want to weigh Ed Gein's crimes against, uh, you know, criminal politicians, there are politicians who have death counts of well over 50 million, but, you know, whatever. These horrific crimes. Do you think that the robots are going to come and kill us? Not only for Ed Gein's crimes, but for our crime of taking this so lightly. That is a really deep question. So first, that robot, whoever the master bot, mastermind is, has to have coded within it a moral of ethics. And one of the uh, more common philosophical conundrums that you may be you may hear or be asked in philosophy school is the one about um you know would you rather sacrifice one for the benefit of a lot of people or would you rather that um you just stick with the plan despite how many people will die are you talking about the trolley question trolley yeah, so you have a trolley, and the trolley is on a track, and the track has the option to go one of, it can go only one way, but it, there's two paths you can take. On one path is one body, that's the path you're heading down, and the other path is five bodies, or on the path you're heading down, there's five bodies, on the other path, there's one body. And the trolley question is, do you pull the lever to change path? Hmm. And it's, it's a common... Um, the trolley question is just like an analogy for like it's like an ethical question and it's something that uh, makes people really wary for example of self-driving cars like what do you tell the self-driving car to do does it save the passenger does it save the you know the little girl or does it save the the five people you know wait self-driving cars have that much control yes i mean theoretically that's pretty much in my opinion, uh, the main reason I don't trust them is because it is not on the driver anymore to make that ethical decision. So it'll well, become something programmed. I feel like I lost my train of thought. What, what were we just talking about? Whether or not the robots will come and kill us. Oh, because of things like this. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that that's a factor in it. Um, that robot's gonna have to know that, because if it doesn't, then how can it decide who to kill? You know. Hopefully, it'll just go back in time and kill Ed Gein. I mean, robots, theoretically, that are that advanced, should have some sort of idea of how to make decisions, right, for the benefit of be going over, like be, being more uh, productive with the decision than not. Isn't That's that dark, like, man? Yeah, I mean, robots are for productivity at the end of the day. That's why we make them, right? I guess. I mean, I just want a robot that'll hang out with me and watch like uh, like scary movies and stuff and eat popcorn. Make popcorn and then eat it with me so I feel like I have a friend. Like Haley Joel Osment from AI or like uh, Wall-E? I mean, what kind of robot? Probably Wall-E. I just right. think wall way cuter. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Oh man, this has really pulled the wind out of my sails because not only 
is this artwork horrific and really dark and a reminder of just how far people can go on the individual level like he went out and did this with his bare hands um not only that the fact that it's dark but also like his work objectively is just w done way better than anything i've ever made gotta admit it yeah you gotta admit it when you see it i mean just like this level of craft is crazy it's it's really really high i mean on the contrast on the flip that just shows how um what where his mind was you know this tim was just what we consider as you know a piece of wood piece of canvas or whatever you're gonna sew together or make something three-dimensional out of it's just weird you know do you think that he he was aware of what he was doing fully or maybe he just didn't maybe he was just on a different tip and i don't know so I, I just think he had a compulsion I think he just saw the bodies and wanted to use them. Man, we'll never know. I'm sure he's covered it. I'm sure we're just like very poorly researched. But that's the thing, guys, is here at the Art Pros, we depend on your Patreon contributions in order to be able to do enough research to make make really broad general assumptions like we always do. <laughs> um, for every new dollar we get on Patreon, we add four minutes of research starting now. So if you want us to do more research and actually cover a topic really well, you know, get, get those Patreon numbers up, brother. Get them up. Get them up. Man. It's hard to talk about stuff like that because I'm stuck in the middle. I'm in team, the, the team of, uh, you know, I got to promote artists. I got to be, I got to be there to back them up and talk good things about how art is good for people how being creative is good for people meanwhile you got this other side you got sickos in this world who decide to mess with my fucking head <laughs> by making art out of dead people i like art i don't like killing or dead people when people die from the hands of a psycho and grave robbing is kind of nasty too like just ew leave it alone dude you know, Johns Hopkins um, used to be like Corpstown. Like Corpse. they used to call, well, they used to call Baltimore like Corpstown huh. in that the grave digging business here was really big to sell to other medical campuses. What? Yeah, we used to dig up. Apparently, there's a big industry for digging up corpses and selling them for, for medical students. Oh, no. And that yeah. sounds like something I heard from um, InfoWars. No, I don't know. That's true. It's documented. Boom. It's really dark. So let me ask you this. The ethical question. Should we even... Is it even ethical to entertain whether the idea... Is it ethical to entertain whether or not he's an artist or a craftsman? Is that an ethical question? Damn. Or have we no. become so desensitized? I think it's messed up. You think it's messed up? Yeah. I think it's messed up. Um, But I think it is okay to talk about it. How much more money would we need to be making in order for us to be excited to do stuff like this? 
I don't know, man. Dude, I feel like I, I got a know. really low bar for it. Like, I feel like someone could pay me 40 bucks. If someone said they go down the street and get me a Wendy's meal, really, like, they're going to go over there and get it and then bring it back to me? That's, a, that's at least worth 40 bucks. Dude, for... <laughs> yeah, Wendy's hasn't gone up in price. For two Wendy's burgers, I would give a whole presentation to a college class oh on, damn are we cheap on the, yeah on the quality of ed gein's artwork and how they what they could learn to learn from him number one material consistency he used the same material when you see a body of his works you know that they're all made by the same artist is that a pun intended <laughs> number two number two high level of craft you got to have a good craft, especially if you're going to do something edgy. Otherwise, the whole conversation is going to get mucked up into how you could have made something better. We're not even talking about how poorly he made something. We're talking. We're getting straight to the meat of what he might mean. Number three, it's hard to permeate the skin of his concept because it's not really blunt right there. Like like the him using human body leather is not the end of its conceptual meaning despite the fact that he is using a rare material the same way that using diamonds and putting them on a skull conceptually it's not about the value of the diamonds mm. wow wait was that skull a real human skull no, I think it was like made out of a, like, like silver or something or gold. I'm platinum. not sure. Yeah, plat. It probably was platinum. He did say that the whole point of the um, what was that dude's name? Da- Damon Wayne's. Damon Wayne's. Yeah. Da- That's what it is. So there's an artist named Damien Hurst. He made uh like a platinum skull. I'm guessing covered and like encrusted with di- like a diamond encrusted skull. Where like the value of the materials is like nine million dollars, and the whole concept of it was he wanted to make something really expensive. Uh, but you know, it's also a memento mori object, so a reminder of of mortality, which I would argue, uh, so is Ed Gein's work, a memento hmm. mori, which is a very common practice in artwork. Most of the time, when you see a skull or, and yeah, pretty much skulls like the main thing I see. Uh, it like so memento mori is something in an artwork that is supposed to be a reminder to the viewer of death and uh ed gein's work definitely reminds you of death that's for sure Hmm. i think all right what if um um what if damien weigh-ins art damien hurst's art it what if it was a real human skull and i don't know what if on one scenario of that same scenario he dug the skull out from a grave um but legally and then on the other one he just bought it yeah like would that what what do you think about that scenario i was just about to ask you the same question see there's like a long history of like schools and stuff buying skeletons and skins and corpses. Um, and, you know, it comes down to the question of consent. Like Ed Gein didn't get consent. If Ed Gein had just bought corpses or found corpses, 
his work would be macabre, but it would probably be shown somewhere, you know? And I'm sure right. it is getting shown somewhere. I, I didn't really do the research into that, but it would probably be like a well-recognized piece of work. You know what? I think it's time to it's time to bring the veil down. It's time to come clean with our interns. Look, guys, this is just a way for us to promote learning and getting an education through the Art Pros podcast. Because had Ed known that you just buy that stuff. If he was there to listen to, I mean, this was way before our pro. Nineteen eighty four is when he passed away. He did these crimes years and years before that. I'd say at least twenty five to thirty five years before that. Had he listened to us? Had he? Had we been on the radio waves talking about this same thing? The world could be so much different for those people that were victims. The, the criminal uh, crime podcasts murder podcasts would be a totally different story do you see now can you foresee the effect that we may have on the world i can see it brother i can see it here's another thing i thought about is that what if we found people like ed gein and we paired them with people who desire death and we use them as our tools of euthanasia because apparently um lethal injection is terrible it's incredibly painful the electric chair is incredibly painful uh dying because you can't breathe on your own and someone pulls the plug is incredibly painful also so what if we found artists like ed gein we found euthanasia patients we paired them together in some sort of like uh i don't know some sort of program we call it something like like bodies for artists and we get like a cool grant from from the national foundation for advancement in the arts uh do you think that that would be unethical um technically no (laughs) no i'm just kidding i don't know dude it's tough i'm not a judge i mean in in uh in the world, in a world of relationships, there is opportunity, and someone like Ed Gein may have been able to find someone to give him consent to do this these terrible things with, with their bodies. And do you think that if that was the case, this work would uh, still be so jarring and terrifying? Um, I'm trying. Uh, I mean, it, it it's technically a contextual shift. That just shows the power of consent right there. Yeah, yeah, the art probably wouldn't be as powerful if he got it, uh, if we got if he got the materials through a boring bureaucratic way, huh? Yeah, I mean, on the on the flip side of that, like, how many people really view this through an artistic lens? You know, is this just do people just stop at ah oh, he did that? No way. I'm not going to think about that any further. Well, is it worth it for us to even spend our extremely valuable time (laughs) talking and thinking about this? Yeah, man, for sure. Because the SEO on this Ed Gein fucking podcast is going to be sweet. (laughs) And maybe one person will like the way we speak about art and keep listening. Oh shit! And even one new listener for the Art Pros podcast could have incredible 
awesome repercussions for our SEO value. And one new listener is worth all of those deaths. You heard it here first. I support the rich. I support Hong Kong having a basil. And I feel bad for people who don't get to go on their Hong Kong vacation this year to go look at art. Oh, man. This might be the deadliest podcast we've ever talked about. Yeah, man. Coronavirus, bro. Dying isn't fun to talk about. Dying isn't fun to think about. Yeah, but a lot of people feel that way about living, too. The truth hurts. Yeah, man. But you know what's true? That if you really liked this episode, please feel comfortable supporting us on patreon.com slash podcast. Who who are who's the art pros? Who are the art pros? We're just a couple of guys who are up to no good, hanging out in Baltimore's neighborhood. Started started making trouble. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> hey. Um. We well. See what happened was we got in one little fight, and our moms got scared, so they put us in the next uh, plane to Bel Air, Maryland. Yeah, Bel Air, Maryland. Um. Yeah, man. I don't know, dude. This uh, this whole Ed Gein excursion's got me thinking real different about art. Like, like I keep trying to paint faces, but why not just collage some onto my artwork? Do you have any assistants willing to donate about a five square inches of their skin? I mean, you're not gonna feed it to them. That's totally different, right? Yeah, that's fucking dark, dude. That's disgusting. That's terrible. I would never do that. Although, uh, in, in some cultures, it is offensive not to uh, use every part of something you kill. So, in that sense, Ed Gein is Ed Gein's a good guy. See, this is getting more messed up, man. How? We were just trying to figure out whether or not he was being economical or ethical practice. And if he deserved one of those insignias. You know how people put little logos if they're gluten-free or if they're like ethically sourced on food you stuff. Know, no, but this has had nothing to do with food. This is different. <laughs> he, well, he did eat the eat the body parts. He saved he them in his freezer, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he'd partially cook them and then eat them. Ah, uh, he had them rare? Yeah. Yeah, but if you eat things well done, you're a savage. Fuck, man. I'm just... I'm, now I'm really confused. Yeah. Well, you know, it's tough, man. It's a tough topic. It's a tough topic. That's 55 minutes in the first uh, level of hell. Well, you know what's we fucked up, man? Is that, what? like, like we keep trying to observe this uh, phenomena from like an artistic lens and that's what's messed up about art school because the average person the normal like a a person with a healthy worldview would probably just look at that work and immediately know go no i'm okay and uh even people who are like true crime fanatics are probably just going to be like i'm okay on that i get the concept i get the idea i'm titillated by it but i'm not going to spend all this time thinking about it Think about the ethical questions because they know immediately upon seeing it that it's not right. Hmm. So fuck art school. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what to say. I think I feel like my whole conception of what is art is is completely turned upside down. Well, it's because right now you're drawing literally uh, skin 
paintings. Well, I mean, how else can I <coughs> put myself in? I mean, I'm barely like I'm barely experiencing it at all. This is like a thread and a fragment. I gotta put myself. I gotta be empathic towards Ed Gein, a potential uh, troubled artist. You Ed. know, there's there's a human behind that savagery. People may or may not be born like that. We don't know. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that are up in the air right now. It is important as a viewer to put yourself to empathize with the trauma of someone else to understand their art further. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe you're just supposed to make beautiful things and Ed Gein didn't. So is, uh, because I know very, very little about um, what makes a psychopath, is, um, is it proven? Can you say it's fact that someone becomes that way because of either nature or nurture? Can I say? Well, I know. I mean, you're a little smarter than I am. I will just say it, even though I don't know whether it's true or not. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a little column A, column B. Well, okay, so you should probably measure a psychopath by their actions, not by their brain, because it's, you know, you're just not really going to get anywhere with that. Like, even, even studies that look at electrical impulses in the brains of uh, quote-unquote psychopaths, like, find that, you know, there's not any surefire way to know that they will act upon those impulses. Uh, but I'll just say yeah. So you, <laughs> I'll just say yeah, both. So nature so you, and nurture. So the evidence probably should come from actions, right? For sure. So there can be like a like a weird Dexter type of weirdo out there. Well, wow, that's not nice to say. Um, I just don't. Killer. It's just tough. As soon as you start to figure out like what makes a psychopath, that's like one dropping the bucket towards like preemptively handling them without ha them having done anything wrong right and i know it sucks because like in when it comes to most problems i of the understanding that you should handle them proactively but not when it comes to infringing upon people's rights to exist dude this is episode 40 holy shit yeah this is episode 40 everyone Thanks for sticking with us for so long. I know today's episode was a little weird, but you know they're just we're just gonna keep trying weird stuff until it sticks. Honestly, um, if we get paid to do this, that would be fucking crazy. Like, yeah, a little, uh, just a little bit more. We're getting kind of paid, kind of. I mean, we could buy we could buy stuff sometimes. One Wendy's meal a month. That's where we're at right now, and I'm pretty proud of it. That's all we need. If it wasn't for, for Patreon's uh, cut, it'd be double Wendy's a month. Oh, we'd have so much Wendy's. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the Art Pros Podcast, the Ed Gein episode. Um, this video is not sponsored by everybody, but if you like what you hear, hit us up. Yeah, if you want, if you want to get yeah. a sweet advertising spot... We'll do it. We'll do it really cheap. I was going to pitch $1 advertising spots, and I'll do a billion of them in an episode. I don't give a fuck. We could have a three-hour podcast, <laughs> first two hours, just advertising spots. So hit us up. We love you guys. Peace. Peace. 59 whole minutes. I'm just going to wait another 15, so it's perfectly at one minute. Okay, we got 10 seconds to go. And Bye. donate to us. Five, four, three, Cody. two. One. Enjoy your next podcast.